Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by the Times of London with Toby Gillis and the next voice you'll hear, Rebecca Myers. As an apparently kidnapped British boy prepares to return to his family, we analyse the rise of the type of commune he's been living in in France. Since late on Thursday, the UK has been gripped by the sudden discovery of a teenage boy who disappeared on a family holiday in Spain six years ago. Alex Batty, who's now 17, went missing in 2017 in an alleged abduction by his mother and grandfather, neither of whom were his legal guardians. He was found hiking through the Pyrenees by a delivery driver, Fabien Accidini, who, it said, quickly realised that the situation was abnormal, took him to a police station. Alex told the driver he had left his mother to go and join his family in England and had been walking in the mountains for days. Fabian later gave an interview during which he explained that Alex had told him he'd been living in what he called a spiritual community far removed from a standard life. During the, the drive, we, we talked about his, uh, his situation and he told me that, that she was uh, kidnapped by his mother and grandfather. He just, he just wanted to live a, a normal life, to see his grandmother again and to have a, a normal future. Which is, that's the world that he, that he used. So police say Alex will be back in the UK with his grandmother near Manchester very soon. But it's that spiritual community element that we will focus on on The World in 10 today because they are on the rise in France and so is the concern that goes with that. Yeah, in fact, many claim that these go beyond simply living in tents or caravans within nature but are actually cults. And the French authorities are now planning a crackdown on them. There's a fascinating piece on this in The Times today explaining that President Macron's government has put forward legislation to fight what's called cultish deviation, which includes the introduction of a new offence of subjecting victims to psychological control. The maximum sentence is three years in prison. And we should state at this stage that there is no evidence that Alex Batty was ill-treated. He's said to be in good health. But there is a more general comment on the wider situation in France and the rise of these sorts of communes, particularly since Covid. Yes, so Kaya Burgess writes on religion for The Times and joins us now. Uh, Kaya, firstly, how much do you hear about communes and cults in your line of work? And do they generally seem to come from or, or claim to come from a place of religion or spirituality? 
Well, it can be a bit of both. I mean, these groups, they have cropped up over the years. Uh, there was a kind of famous occasion of um, a man called Robert Ladin, who he claimed it was a Christian. He'd had a Christian revelation and set up this community. But then in the late noughties was accused of all kinds of um, very unpleasant things, was eventually sentenced to, to prison for sexual assault and for kind of coercive control over them. It's not always a religious thing. I mean, sometimes it's kind of more of a hippie would be the word that was used at the time, a hippie kind of commune style of saying, look, come and live a different lifestyle away from the mainstream. And it's quite sparsely populated in that part of France, so it does enable you to be to be quite isolated. And just how far from what many of us would describe as, you know, quote-unquote normal life can they get? Well, the idea would be, I mean, in, in France, for example, you're you're allowed to homeschool your children as long as you're following a proper curriculum. And this idea of bringing your kids up particularly away from the trappings of modern life would be seen as quite um, attractive to some people. I think particularly since COVID, they've been trying to attract new people by pushing conspiracy theories about vaccines and about, you know, microchips in COVID vaccines and come and live with us and we'll protect you from that. Then the concerns arise over is you know, is there coercion going on? Are people being encouraged to stay away from from healthcare and from schooling? And and you know, obviously, are there darker things going on as well? Okay, Kaya, thank you so much for joining us on the World in Ten. Um, there is a lot more about the Alex Batty disappearance, as well as the rise of these communes in France, on the Times website now. to an investigation by the times around vaping whether you've given up smoking and taken it up or no friends relatives or your kids who've started it this investigation will get you thinking oh it really will yes it reveals how tobacco manufacturers have set up lobby groups and masqueraded as independent grassroots campaigns to boost sales of e-cigarettes at the same time they've also been funding scientific research which apparently plays down the potential dangers of children vaping. Billy Kenber is the Times' senior investigations reporter. Tobacco companies have a big long-term problem. Smoking globally is in decline. Uh, And so they need to find new revenue streams. And e-cigarettes have become a very important revenue stream for the future for all the big tobacco companies. So what they've been doing is bankrolling campaign groups, funding their own science, funding companies that push messaging or run training for doctors and looking to push a sort of pro-vaping agenda that way. There's efforts to say, oh, well, if they weren't vaping, they'd be doing something much worse. Efforts to downplay concern that the young people that vape are three times more likely to smoke and whether there is a causal link there. Efforts to downplay the dangers of nicotine and, and nicotine addiction all pushing back at the idea that this is a problem. So why do this? Well, currently Britain hasn't followed many other countries in imposing bans, taxes or flavour restrictions. And obviously, some manufacturers don't want them to. Yes, so the World Vapers Alliance has even taken what's called a vape bus around Europe, handing out free e-cigarettes. While it's presented itself as the voice of ordinary activists... The Times investigation has found the WVA has secretly been funded by large tobacco companies, including British American Tobacco. This issue isn't going away anytime soon, though. In the UK alone, more than one in five under-18s have now tried e-cigarettes. That is 30% up on last year. For some time, we've covered a court case that saw Prince Harry become the first royal to appear in court for 130 years earlier this year. Today it came to an end with a verdict, and it's fair to say he won. 
Yes, Harry was accusing a major group of newspapers in the UK, Mirror Group, of having used private investigators to hack his phone to obtain stories over a decade. A High Court judge today determined that that did happen, to a modest extent, he said, over a five-year period from 2006. The degree to which this impacted the young royal's life was laid bare in his testimony, which was heard by the Times' chief news correspondent, David Brown, who spoke to me in the office after hearing the verdict. He described how he became paranoid, that he lost friendships because he blamed uh, friends for, for leaking information. He described his upset that when he discovered that private investigators had been investigating his own mother, Diana. It was two days, eight hours he was grilled, and it was pretty emotional evidence at times as he talked about the long-lasting impact he's had and also how he believed there was a vendetta against him and his wife, the Duchess of Sussex. Prince Harry was awarded more than £140,000 by the court. He wasn't actually there for the verdicts, but a statement was read out on his behalf by his lawyer, and it does seem that the Duke of Sussex does not think that this is over. The acts listed in this judgment are prime examples of what happens when the power of the press is abused. I respectfully call upon the authorities, the financial regulator, the stock market who were deliberately deceived by Mirror Group, and indeed the Metropolitan Police and prosecuting authorities to do their duty for the British public and to investigate bringing charges against the company and those who have broken the law. But there's a different, higher burden of proof for a criminal case compared to a civil one, as this one was. And it's now up to the police initially to decide if they want to reopen the criminal investigation, having already looked at it in depth in the past and successfully brought some prosecutions. Finally, to a moment in the world's most watched football league that has been a long time coming. The first ever Premier League match to be refereed by a woman. Genuinely historic moment. Yes, Rebecca Myers. No, No. not really. (laughs) Rebecca Welch. Uh, She will officiate the match between Fulham and Burnley. Uh, Back in 2021, Rebecca actually said it was always her ambition to reach the top flight. You always want the next step. You don't want to. You don't want to stay at a level. You always want to be as good as you can be. So I think that desire and that drive is always there, not just from me, but from all of the refs. It really is a long time coming. I used to commentate on the German Bundesliga, Rebecca, where Bibiana Steinhaus was a regular ref for huge games. And believe it or not, the Premier League's even behind the biggest football competition, the World Cup, which saw uh, Stephanie Frappard take charge of matches at the end of last year. The truth, if we're being honest, is that once the match begins, the only thing that'll matter is that Rebecca gets the big decisions right. Here's to that. And it's about time for that too. And about time we left. It is. Thank you for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> 